Hello, Savvy Scholars. Welcome to the Savvy Scholar Podcast. This space celebrates Black women as we navigate life and a slim waistline. I'm Crystal, and I will serve as your podcast host. I'm a PhD student, educator, and happy to be in this space. This week's episode features Kimberly Simmons, a teacher and musician. On this episode, we will talk about Black home ownership and why Black teachers matter. Let's get started. There is a nationwide shortage of Black public school teachers. Let's look at the numbers. According to the National Center for Education Statistics for the 17-18 school year, about 80% of all public school teachers were white. Around 9% identified as Hispanic, 7% identified as Black. Meanwhile, only 2% of public school teachers nationwide identified as Asian American. At schools in which a majority of students were Black, about one-third of teachers were also Black. Then those numbers are slightly higher than the national average, but still work must be done. Black home ownership is on the decline. According to a report by Brookings, Black home ownership rate nationally is about 47% compared to white home ownership, which is 75%. In terms of medium, median family wealth, um, white Americans have about $170,000 worth of wealth. By contrast, the median family wealth for Black Americans is about $17,600. In terms of my own story, I can recall that of my father, a disabled Vietnam War veteran, not even knowing he had access to VA home loan uh, opportunities until he was in his early 50s. I can imagine how different life would have been for us growing up in New York, being able to own property instead of renting. All too often, Black Americans don't know how to acquire wealth by way of home ownership because it often isn't presented as something that's accessible. Get to know savvy scholar Kimberly Simmons. Kimberly has been a general music teacher in New York City public schools since 2011. She has the privilege of serving students with autism as well as other cognitive disabilities. Throughout her career as a music educator, Kimberly continues to develop her skills as a musician. She enjoys writing songs and performing. Kimberly has lent her voice to provide gospel choir background vocals for Regina Bell, Vicki Winans, and Israel Houghton, as well as Patti LaBelle. Kimberly also performs solo sets at New York City venues such as West End, Tashi's Living Room, Santos Party House, and Walt Astoria. Welcome to the Savvy Scholar Podcast. I'm excited today to be joined by Kimberly Simmons, and she is a dynamic musician and educator. And so let's get started with the conversation. Welcome, Kimberly. Hello, Crystal. How are you doing? I am doing well. How are you today? 
I'm very good. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. And welcome to 2022. And as we start this new year, um, what are you hoping to accomplish in 2022? I'm hoping to accomplish a lot. I always feel like this at the, like, uh, at the start of the year, I, I feel this pressure on myself to try to be more consistent in the things that I would like to do. So for one, um, at, the, at the beginning of last year, from like last from January to about August, I got into a really, really good routine with exercise. And I was exercising like about four times a week doing yoga. And then I kind of fell off towards the end of the year. And then at the very end of uh, December, I started trying to get back to implement those, that routine. So I would like to be uh, better with my workout routine and more consistent with my prayer life. Uh, and then also on a more like professional level, um, I'm a music teacher, but I also would like to do some more performing and singing. And I don't know, really know how that's gonna go with the pandemic because some stuff may not be open or as available, but I would like to do some more singing. And you have a beautiful voice and I hope that the world gets to hear more of your voice. So fingers crossed with everything in COVID and that things lax, I guess, in, in the state of New York. It seems like it's yeah. pretty, we're on the verge of shutting down again. Who knows? Uh -huh. And then also, I, you know, I, I hope to get married this year because I am engaged and, you know, it's a bit of a process that we have because we, it's a immigration process. So, but prayerfully, it'll be this year, 2022. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Congratulations. Thank you. I wish you and your future hubby all the best. Um, Thank you so much. What is your definition of success? Um, my definition of success is the realization of imagined dreams, um, like seeing it come to pass. And I feel like success is ongoing. I don't feel like you ever just get there and then you stop because you might you might accomplish something that you've you dreamt of. Um, getting to and you get there and then there's something else that you would like to achieve. So I feel like success is ongoing and I feel like success is relative. Like what my definition of success might be different than somebody else's or I might, or somebody else on the outside might look at me and think I'm successful for various reasons. And I might feel like I'm not successful, <laughs> you know? So, but um, I think, and I, and I think it just kind of varies from day to day. Like on a day where you're not feeling so great, you may be in a kind of a funky mood or feeling a little down. Success might just be getting up and getting out the house and doing your job and making it through the day. That could be success for the day. Success could be something that you achieve for the week that you wanted to do or the month or the year, you know? So I think it's ongoing. It's an ongoing process or. I love that you said success is the realization of imagined dreams. That's brilliant. You like That's that? Amazing. I do. I wrote it down. <laughs> like I'm gonna, I'm not gonna claim it because it's yours, but I definitely feel like that is that's it captures it. It's the realization of your imagined dreams and you're realizing those dreams, those God-given dreams that you have and putting right. those into action. So that's good. 
Yeah. Thus far, what has been your greatest accomplishment and why? Um, I would say my greatest accomplishment thus far was probably um, back in 2016, I purchased my home and I did that as a single woman. <laughs> so I feel pretty proud uh, that I was able to do that. I mean, I, I'm grateful. I couldn't have done it without my parents and stuff like that. Cause after college, after I was away at college, I came back home. And then when I started to teach, I was able to save while I was living with my parents. And that's how I was able to make that come to be. So I don't want to make it like, you know, I just did it all on my own, but I definitely did make the decision that I want to save my money and try to invest in something. Um, Cause I think it's important to, you know, plan for your future, have something for yourself and hopefully build some generational wealth. And especially for people of color and particularly black people to have something to pass down. And I don't have children yet, but, you know, and I would like, you know, something that I would like to have one day and also hopefully to inspire like my nieces and nephews, you know, the next generation that they see me do it. I hope they can do far beyond what I've done. That's awesome. And congratulations on that accomplishment. Thank you. I was reading an article in the New York Times maybe a couple of months ago about Black ownership in New York and how so few uh, Blacks own property. And it's really concerning in um, Manhattan and Brooklyn um, mm. for a myriad of reasons. But it's just one of those things where, as you mentioned, it gives you access to this generational wealth so that your children, your future children's children can benefit from you know, the purchase. Right. Right. So good job on your part with Thank that. Thank you. Why teaching? You had mentioned it earlier, but what what is it about the profession that intrigued you? Well, it's funny because back when I was a kid, you know, when the, your teacher asked everybody, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I think it was like first or second grade. And I, I had put down that I wanted to become a teacher. And um but then as I got older, I had more of an interest in music and performing, but ultimately I came back to teaching. I love kids and um, I like the idea of um, being able to share the gifts that I have and, and uh, with, with people who have an interest in it or may, may or may not have interest in it, but, and I like to be in a position to inspire others and as a teacher, you, you can do that. You know, your work is making an impact. Um, well, I work in the public school system in New York City, and I, I happen to work at a special education school. And my students are primarily on the autism spectrum, but some of them have other uh, cognitive disabilities or delays. And the way that I feel like I know I'm making an impact is the is for a couple of different ways. For one, when I come into the classroom and their excitement about, oh, what are we gonna do today, Ms. Simmons? Like, or um, just seeing progress. So I have some students that are like nonverbal, they have very limited language. And I created um, a welcome song and a goodbye song. I teach elementary, like K through eight. And I sing it every day. And so by the time I have some students who are mostly nonverbal singing along the words 
to my songs that I wrote, then I'm like, wow, like this is sticking with them. Maybe they don't have the conversational language as much, but the fact that they're able to sing some words for my song means that something is sticking and resonating with them. So I know that I'm making an impact in that way. And then also um, some of my students will ask me questions, the ones that are verbal, they'll say things like, when did you start playing? Or how did you learn how to play the guitar? Or you have a nice voice and things like that. You know, so I, I which is very moving. And then other times I know I'm making an impact by their parents, you know, when you speak to the parents, parent-teacher conference, you know, I also teach private lessons. So sometimes the parents, you know, tell me how excited their child is to know that I'm coming for the lesson and things like that. So those kinds of things remind me that I'm making an impact. Because sometimes you forget as an educator, like, am I really making, am I getting anywhere? You know, but those kinds of things are reassuring. I recall attending public school in New York and having no black teachers, only two black teaching assistants. And that was it. And why, in your opinion, are black teachers so important? I think black teachers are so important because um, it's important for black students to feel represented and to see people that look like them who have some level of success, um, people that are educated and smart and funny and kind that can be role models to them. Some of them may already have that in their homes, their families, their communities, while others may not. So that's why it's important. And um, it, I think it hopefully it gives them something to aspire to, something um, to look up to. And I, I, I can remember one instance in 2019, I, I traveled for the first time to Africa. I went to Ghana and I went um, with a group of people of African descent. It was a trip catered to people of African descent to go and go home for the um, year of return, they were calling it. And um, when I came, I bought a lot of things from the market in Ghana and I brought this really cool um, bag that had this African fabric, but like patchwork, like think like a quilt, but different patterns and stuff like that. And I had it in the classroom. And one of my students, one of my male students who is um, black, African-American boy said to me, Ms. Simmons, I really like your bag. And I was like, oh yeah. I was like, I got this in Africa. It's like, I went to Ghana. He's like, you went to, you went to Africa? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, what's it like there? Is, is it a lot of poor people? And you know, like, I guess things that he had seen images like in commercials or whatever, you know. And I was like, no, there's a lot of beautiful things to see there. And, you know, I was explaining that to him. I showed him some pictures and I, you know, in that moment, I saw that, that it was it was important, you know, like um, being a black teacher and also having gone to Africa, being able to show him something different that maybe he didn't know. Now he can say, oh, I know somebody who's gone there and this is what they told me they saw and just making that connection. Um, so for black students, it's important for them to see black teachers who look like them, who may have similar experiences to them culturally and who can show them that there's more out there beyond maybe their their actual community or neighborhood because I've had students of all races but some 
that are black who they mostly stay in their neighborhood. And I'm like, well, do you go to Manhattan or do you go? And sometimes they don't. So it's good to show them that the possibilities of places they can go, people they can see, and that there's a world out there beyond what they may know, but that's also connected to them, you know. And other teachers of other races can definitely pour into them and show them things, but there's something about seeing yourself in your teacher or your mentor that can really help affirm you, um, help with self-esteem and things like that. Identity, yeah. I too didn't really have any black teachers um, growing up either. I had one in high school that taught uh, my calculus class and she was also my track coach. And I always thought she was so cool. <laughs> so describe what teaching has been like during COVID. How are your students doing? Um, my students are doing okay, but I feel like collectively the adults and the kids are kind of grieving what once was. So, um, just in terms of like having to wear the mask all the time, I have to keep reminding them like, please pull up your mask, please pull it. They're wearing it under their nose. Oh, Miss Sims, I can't breathe. I'm like, I know, but these are the rules. We're in school, we have to keep our mask on. And then some of them are just missing like some of the socialization. Cause like, for example, they no longer have breakfast and lunch in the cafeteria. So they're not really getting to interact with other kids from other classes as much. They're just in their own classroom throughout the whole day. And so they only really see the other kids on the school bus or maybe during dismissal when they line up, they're seeing some of their other friends from other classes. So I think they miss that. And I don't think they fully understand how serious it is because sometimes, you know, with the masks, it's like, why do we have to do that? Then they have some kids that are, you know, a little bit older and they're like, but I'm vaccinated. Why do we have to wear the thing, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, this is just is what it is, you know? So I think it's hard um, for them and it's hard for, for staff too. And then we had, we've had some cases and things like that. So it's a bit scary, but we're all doing our best, you know? Well, please stay safe um, and yeah, protect you yourself and your students. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I'm, just out of curiosity in terms of what books have helped shape your worldview and are there any su suggestions of books that you may have for others? Okay, so I mean, off the bat, I'm gonna have to say the Bible because I am a Christian. And um, so I, I turn to God's word to help direct me and um, just give me strength and guidance and encouragement. Um, actually, I think it was like a year or two ago, I had made these uh, affirmation cards like on index cards. And on each index card, I would write either a scripture or an encouraging uh, note to myself. I had, I wrote a lot of I am things like, um, and I sometimes I, I I put it in my, in my bag and I'll refer to them. Um, I just wanted to just grab it to see if I could see. I referred to them as a way to encourage 
myself. So I have one that says, I am a daughter of the most high. I am favored by God. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, I have different ones. I, I am destined for greatness. You know, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So some of them are scriptures and some of them are just like other encouraging things. But I try to, you know, turn to God's word to give me some um, direction and to just give me strength in, in times of need. But um, in addition to that, uh, I read a really good book. It's more like a relational book. And um, I did it during my premarital counseling. It's called The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. And it's by the author is John M. Gottman. And um, that was a really great book because he's, it's, it's more of a secular perspective. He's a, a therapist and he's been doing marital counseling for a number of years. And he does a lot of, he's, he's done a lot of like experiments with married couples to see what it is that makes a marriage work and what it is and how to basically identify when a marriage is in a, in a really bad place. <laughs> so that is a great book. And it's also a New York Times bestseller. So that's one that I would recommend. Um, there's another book by Joyce Meyer called Battlefield of the Mind. And it's about winning the battle in your mind. She's a, she's a pastor, a famous Christian pastor. And she wrote this book. Um, it's just basically like having a sense of control over what's going on in your mind to help you get through with challenges in life. And by referring, by um, turning to the word of God to, to help you. So those are some books that I would say are good. Thank you for sharing this um, this morning. So my, my new kind of framework the last couple of days has been meditation and perspiration, right? So making sure mm -hmm. that I start with the word of the Lord and some type of yes. meditation and then also exercise. <laughs> yes, two important things, yeah. And then the, I noticed like for myself, if I don't do that like if I don't start off with praying or doing the devotional time sometimes it just like throws you off <laughs> for the day you feel a little bit off balance so it's good to start off by you know meditating and clearing your mind and preparing yourself for the day yeah you're right um you, that's great advice and other advice that you would like to share with Savvy scholars attempting to navigate life, dreams, family, school. Um, I would say uh, just to never give up on yourself and to surround yourself with people who are like-minded, whether it be faith-wise, values-wise, um, people who are kind of going already in the direction or going in the direction that you'd like to go in, surround yourself with those kinds of friends and, and if you can, mentors and invest the time and perhaps the money into the things that you want to do and become better at. Um, I remember my first year of teaching as a, a music teacher, I'm, I'm 11 years in, this is my 11th year. And I, my first year of, of teaching, I was taking 
piano lessons, voice lessons, guitar lessons. And I had a colleague that was like, why are you taking lessons? You're already a teacher. You're already a professional. And I was like, yeah, but I want to improve in these areas. So my kind of mindset is that I'm a student. I'm always, even though I'm a teacher, I'll always be a student. There's always something more that I could learn um, in terms of my craft, my gifts, my profession. And then also spiritually, there's more things that I can learn. So it's good if you can have some sort of spiritual mentor, whether it be a pastor or just somebody who's, who's more wise than you are. Um, I believe in therapy. I've been in therapy for like two years. It's good to work on the whole, your mental health is very important, your wellness in that area. And um, just spending the time and, and the money towards the things that you, you feel like you wanna improve on and if you if you come to somebody and you who's doing what you would like to do and and they say that and they have a fee for it you know don't be offended you know people people's time is precious so you might have to put some money aside for that or whatever but i'm sure it's, it'll be well worth it but definitely having people who are encouraging around you and who aspire to do great things so your circle matters you surround yourself with. Savvy Scholar is a platform for Black women to celebrate our successes as well as talk about how we navigate life in a slim waistline. Share your health and wellness routine. I work out with Beachbody. They have a bunch of videos um, that you could choose from to work out with. Not just yoga; they have other stuff. But I like, I like yoga because it's more, um, it's less intense, and I feel like it helps me to just get my mind focused. It's calming, and things like that. Um, as far as like nutrition and stuff, I do pretty well with breakfast. Lunch and dinner is like, it, it can go left sometimes, but breakfast, I usually start off with like a protein smoothie, like, a, and I add in like frozen fruit and banana and things like that. I do it with almond milk. I'll eat oatmeal just about every day. I'll have yogurt, fruit. And then I always drink water with my breakfast and my lunch. And when I, whatever I have for lunch, I usually have a fruit on the side. So I do pretty good with that. And then depending on how the day goes, <laughs> it might get a little worse if I didn't, if I didn't prep my food, you know, which I'm not really all that consistent with. So sometimes I end up buying stuff outside. And then uh, prior to taking my um, COVID vaccine, I kind of like started racking up on vitamins. So I do vitamin K, fish oil, vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, iron, B12 probiotics, biotin, like, so I have my whole vitamin cocktail thing. <laughs> I love it. And your skin, I mean, like the skin is glowing, so it's working for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And lastly, Kimberly, future projects and where can scholars connect with you? Um, people could connect with me on Instagram at Kim Sim Sings, K-I-M s-i-m-s-i-n-g-s -S. i'm also on twitter but i really haven't been active on there um as far as future projects i'm hoping to do a lot more performing and also 
some more songwriting. I really would like to release some music. I just kind of sit on my work. I write things and I just kind of sit on it. So hopefully this year I will release some stuff and yeah. Thank you so much, Kimberly. It was a pleasure reconnecting and learning about your passion for learning, teaching, and music. As Kimberly shared, success is the realization of imagined dreams. Scholar, I encourage you to reimagine your idea of success. What is it that God placed in you that makes you unique? How can you create a future doing what you love? Seek God for clarity and walk in your truth. See you soon, scholar.